You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Weniger. We're here looking at the ins and outs of what it takes to be a mother who runs ultra marathons. We'll dive in to the challenges mothers face while training and racing ultras as we share and hear stories of motherhood and life from the trails. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to women who are balancing life with kids and all the miles. It's no easy task. We know what goes on behind the scenes while a mom prepares for a long run or race day. Sick kids, lack of sleep, low energy, minimal time, mom guilt, etc. But women keep showing up again and again to run, take care of themselves, and show this sport new levels of strength and grit. We want to be here to celebrate and inspire each other to run hard, find our inner mom strength, and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. This week we have Audrey Ross, but before that, Nikki and I are going to give an update on our life and our favorite things. So Nikki, you want to give an update? Yes. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I mean, right now, every day is still just kind of up and down. <laughs> some days are really great right now. Some days are hard. Um, some days I'm feeling the weight of all of this coronavirus stuff and just being kind of isolated. I'm feeling a little sad here and there, missing friends and hugs and things. Yeah. Um, but things like Zoom and FaceTime have been helping me out a lot, just connecting with my loved ones. But um, yeah, really been enjoying spring right now. And just there's lots of little signs of spring everywhere. Buds are blooming and um, just a lot of runs in um, in the rain. And that there's just no better smell than rain in central Oregon on our sagebrush and juniper trees. So it's awesome. What about <laughs> you, Steph? What's up in your life? Um, yeah, feeling the same way. Little, um, I, I had a bit of a cough, but, um, a little bit of low oh, energy. No. Yeah, Corona. Let's hope not. <laughs> um, I'm getting better. It was just basically at night. So I just didn't sleep very much. So I haven't had a bunch of energy, but we've been getting outside a lot. Um, Aaron has been staying home because, um, company policy for him is if you have a family, member who is sick that you have to stay home and yes. he is considered an essential worker. So he has to go in. But now that he's, you know, with me, he's been home. So it's been really nice having another adult in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like 60 degrees on Monday and it was sunshiny and it was just so we spent the entire day out on the farm or, you know, on our, our farm. Um, and so it's just been nice being able to get outside and, so nice. um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. And, um, what is your favorite thing this week? Um, this like- week it is my watch. I have a Garmin 230. Um, I like that it has, so when I went on my midnight run, um, it has a live tracking through the app. And so it sends an email to, you know, my mom. Cause she likes making sure that I'm safe. <laughs> but I mean, even if I just go, I went out, um, one night after the kids went to bed and Aaron was still mm-hmm. with our youngest daughter. And I just like wrote him a note that I was going out for a run, but it sends him a message. So he knows where I am on the road. That's really cool. 
Which is really nice. Yeah. And I like that it gives me, like, notifications when something happens. I can't do anything. Like, I can't reply back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I don't have my phone on me all the time. Mm-hmm. It's nice just, like, leaving my phone on the counter. And if someone is calling me, my my watch will vibrate and let me know that there's a call coming in. Hmm. But I can't do anything with it. So it's it's just, I like it. I like that it's right. easy. And, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, cool. What is your um, favorite thing? So mine is my favorite thing this week is uh, Huma gels, oh. which they're my favorite right now this week because I don't have any more and I'm missing them. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I should talk about those. Um, they are gels, but they're 100% natural and they really kind of tap into the power of chia seeds. Um, They were kind of inspired from uh, Born to Run. And um, so I just like, I like them. They're easy on my stomach and they have um, just good, like natural flavors, like strawberry, raspberry, mango. Those are my favorites. Do do they, does it have like a weird texture? um, Slightly, a a little bit, sometimes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They literally, it's like the first, the first gulp, um, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this, but then, but then it's good. And it's just, just tastes like real fruit. And, um, and so I don't (laughs) mind, I don't mind the texture or anything. So yeah, you're kind of like my, um, 11 month old Amelia, like the first bite (laughs) of everything. She's like, Oh, and then she keeps eating it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for comparing me to your child. Uh, Uh, Anyway, so this week, like I said, we have Audrey Ross. She is a nutrition coach and an ultra runner. She's training for her first 50 miler in July, I think she said. Mm -hmm. Um, She gives us a lot of tips and tricks. Um, There may be a cure for mom brain. And uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) seriously. And Hold the phone. And, drop the mic. What? And, and the terrible I? twos. I know. Like yes. double things. So, yeah, she gives some really good, um, easy ways to bring more nutrition into your mom running life. Yeah. So you just need to listen to it. Yep. To yeah, hear all your these purple nuggets. Yeah. Perform optimally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give it a listen. Yep. Here we go. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I'm a mom and a runner. The two primary reasons I'm on this. Um, <laughs> so I have two little kids. I have a five-year-old and I have a son who, so my five-year-old's daughter, her name is Charlotte. And this is her first year of kindergarten. And then my son is almost three. Um, so those are the kids I have right now. We also do foster care. So we've had one little baby. Foster care with babies is is what we feel like we're supposed to do. So we haven't done any older kids. Um, so we could have other babies coming and going. So the family dynamic changes, but right now it's just the two little kids. So, um, my husband is a pastor. So we've been married 15 years just yesterday. He was like, has it been wow. 15 years? Oh yeah. my goodness. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's our anniversary isn't until November, but for some reason yesterday he was like, is this going to be our 15th year? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so kind of, 
kind of crazy when I, I'm like, really? Has it been that long? But we didn't have kids until later in marriage. It was like nine years um, into marriage when we started a family. So I think sometimes people think we're a little younger than we are. So I'm not going to tell you our age. <laughs> but, um, no, I, you don't have to. <laughs> no, I don't care. Um, but so he has been a pastor for 15 years. So we've been doing that. And we've been around Oregon. We've been here for four and a half years and love it out here. See, this as being like a permanent place um, just because the dynamic fits us so well. And I'm also a personal trainer and a nutrition coach um, and probably a lot of other things. I grew up in Wyoming, um, so I grew up in a big family. Definitely, like, the Wyoming vibe is, like, I am free. I am independent. I definitely have always had that about me um, wherever we've lived. But definitely love trails, wilderness, outdoors, all of that because I didn't grow up like running per se, but I grew up backpacking and hiking and hunting and all the wilderness stuff. So yeah. Oh, fun. Okay. So how did you get into running then? Yeah. Um, so I played soccer all through school and through part of college. And then I switched to a smaller college that did not have a girls soccer team. Um, and so I just started, I started running and I was allowed to train with the guys. I was the, um, why can't I think of what it's called? I helped their team. <laughs> what is it called? Like a manager? The, I was a manager. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, why is that word escaping me? So I was a manager. So I practiced with them, and but I couldn't actually play games. And so I started running a lot then. Um, I came home during the summer, and there was a lady that I knew who she had been an Olympic qualifier several times. Wow. Uh, or not qualifier. Went to the Olympic trials several times. Did not qualify. Mm-hmm. But um, – she on the like just out of the blue called me a night before and she said there's a half marathon tomorrow do you want to go run it with me and I was like I've never run farther than six miles and she was like ah you can do double what you train you'll be fine <laughs> and so I was like okay not knowing anything about this world and I was like well what do, like what do I do my mom was like ready to make me pasta and I was like I think I'll just have like grand flakes I think I'll be fine um but she was like oh my goodness you're gonna run a long ways tomorrow and so I did it and I finished in about four hours and I rem- and like, that was my light bulb moment of like, I really love this. And at that point, 13 miles was a long ways. I didn't mm-hmm. know that further distances existed. Um, <laughs> and so from that point on, I just like started going further and farther. And when I got married, my husband didn't run. Um, but I, I was like very passionate about it and really wanted him to run. So he made a deal. He would run for 12 minutes with me. And then we upped it to like 14 and then 16. And I finally talked him into doing a race, which I told him was four miles. It was actually five and a half. But I was like, you know what? Like, he'll be he won't even fine. <laughs> he won't even know, right? Yeah. So he's only trained to like three and a half miles, you know? And I'm like, you'll be fine the last half mile. So we're standing there at the race. And it's like snowing. This is in Iowa. And Iowa winters are brutal. So it's like, it's like rain snowing and cold and the race director is like everybody ready for five and a half miles and there's like a collective cheer with my husband in the middle middle going what (laughs) what just happened so he did it and like from that point on he kind of was like okay I'm in in on this too and so for most of our marriage I mean up till we had kids he was my running partner and so then we get got to farther and farther distances together so that was that's been really special um now it's kind of separated like since having kids you guys know this like once you have kids yeah. it just it totally changes sure. um but he definitely 
loves running as well. And so that's been a passion. I've managed running stores, running store, I should say, um, but done a lot within the running community as well, different places. Um, yeah, I love it. Awesome. That is hilarious <laughs> that you took him into <laughs> further distances. I know. Love it. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have a converter. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> now you focus on trails and, Trail like, and your favorite. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and kind of always was. I just didn't know. Like when I started running, I like didn't know that, you know, ultras existed that you could run on trails for hours and like that was mm-hmm. a totally new thing when I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, but definitely that's where my so I'm training for my first fifty miler in July. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing currently. Um I've done fifty Ks, but I haven't done anything past that. Um so this will be this will be a new thing. And and doing it so I've within running, I've realized I'm pretty good and I'm pretty fast. And so I want to be doing it to really compete at that distance, not to just finish it. So training that way um, with a lot of intention. Nice. Yeah, I would like to point out really quick or actually share a story. Um, I have run once with three. <laughs> and uh, well, so I, I show up to like the trailhead we're meeting at. And I realize I look down at my feet and I have my Birkenstocks on and not my running shoes. And then my running shoes are not in the car. And I, I so, felt so bad. All, I, I, I felt so bad. She's like, Audrey's trying to lend me shoes, um, some of her shoes that I could wear. And I was like, ooh, these don't That's feel right. I think I'd injure myself. And, but then anyway, so I met I went and grabbed my shoes, came back, met up with Audrey, and she is smoking fast. I was struggling <laughs> so, sweet. so hard to keep up with you. I mean, I'm just like huffing and puffing, and and you're like, this is my an easy day. We can go at whatever pace, but yet, you're like, <laughs> I don't think you have the capacity to like uh, go easy. I mean, like, you're just rocking it you're killing it thank all the you time. that means a lot thank you <laughs> it was really fun yeah it was we, you still managed to have a, we both had a conversation so we had enough air to still talk a little bit yeah. <laughs> or air on your end no. uh, <laughs> oh too funny oh, well, anyway yeah, i'm jealous it'd be fun to run with you I know yeah i would jealous. love that so and i am from minnesota so you were talking about oh, okay. winters Yes. Minnesota winters are bad too. Yeah, they are brutal, right? I feel like they Iowa are. has like the winter of Minnesota and the summer of Missouri, which both yes. equally suck. And yes. so it's kind of an awful place to live. I'm sorry if you're listening from Iowa. I love you and I lived it there, but it's brutal. And so <laughs> My, Minnesota, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. My sister went to ISU, so I spent a little bit of time down there while she was in college, but yeah. I'm just. Uh, but it's fun living here. It's great. Yeah, right? You, you adapt to wherever you live. Like it. You make it home. You make it your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, since, so you were training, or you are training for your first 50 miler, right? Correct. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So I was. July. July. Hopefully yeah. it still happens. Hopefully it still happens. Yep. Um, I, uh was training for mine and mine got canceled my first 50 miler because oh, no. I've done a 50 yeah but that's okay um yeah. but so 
now that you're training for a farther distance, what does your nutrition look like? Just like um, a, how are you adjusting that from a 50K to a 50 miler? Yeah, I would say I'm, and we can talk about this more, but I'm getting just way more intentional about what I eat. Like everything I eat has to matter because I know that I'm fueling my body to do so much um, that I, yeah, I just find myself eating with more intention and my fueling like after I run is very intentional because mm-hmm. as a mom, you know, you're like jumping right back into normal life. Um, it would be, it would be quite a luxury to be able to like have a nice long cool down and spend your time, you know, getting yourself a very like, I don't know, perfectly made lunch that would supply all of your nutritional needs. That would be a luxury, but that's like, that's not real life for moms. At least I know for Mm -hmm. some people that is, but it's not for us. And so I have to be intentional and planning ahead to have what I need. Um, because what I've learned is that if you, if you let this gap go by where you've trained really hard and you haven't given your body fuel right away and you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'll get around to eating later or I'll get enough nutrition later that lag time like right after you run your body needs nutrients so it can be rebuilding Mm -hmm. for your next run and so every day you just have this big dip of like oh I didn't get enough and I feel like in being being able to like go farther and faster that you it's not as it doesn't happen as quickly because your body Mm -hmm. is trying to like make up lost ground instead of being able to like bounce back quickly. So you're ready to go the next day. So that I've been really intentional with and drinking enough. Um, it's, I mean, that's, that's hard for your, like, that's hard for the normal person, much less add in high mileage and stress and everything else. And just remembering to do it. I mean, um, I forget to eat. So of course I forget to drink water. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like take Mm -hmm. a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're hydrating here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk more about that. Some of what you said, um, cause you are a nutrition coach. Yes. And so I'm curious what kinds of things do you work with any other like ultra running moms or what do you see as like common problems that moms face yeah. with nutrition? I- so I actually work primarily with people who are either like really working to lose weight and need to, or I would say like runners that are like getting up to like a half marathon. Okay. Um, it's kind of like, those are like the two genres that I, that somehow, you know, like people like naturally would just like pick you. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't specifically seek out a running community. Um, I have my own business and then I do some work through a, com- or a company in Bend called Recharge. And so it's kind of like their clientele that ends up choosing me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see myself in kind of like those two genres specifically. But tell me the question. <laughs> no, I forgot what you asked. Well, I guess I was. So that is interesting. Um, but I was just kind of wondering if you have seen many problems or with moms, like who would be training, maybe even just in your own life, like um, feeling like you're deficient in an area or something like just, um, just kind of how a mom would better, like have better nutrition skills. So I feel like as moms, what we do, and I saw my mom doing this growing up, like we're the ones who like, clean up, clean out the fridge, have the scraps, like eat the leftovers. 
um, choose to eat more kid-friendly food so that our kids will eat it. And so I know moms who are ultra running or, or running any distance who are training on things like goldfish and fruit snacks and those type of things, which are not bad in and of themselves. Um, if you're going to use it, I mean, especially if you're doing an ultra run, like that's a great, like fine at an aid station, like load up. But if you're thinking about your nutrition long-term and sustaining your body to be both growing humans, nourishing humans and running far distances, you need a lot more, um, nutrient dense food in your, in your body. And so I feel like often moms though, are the ones to kind of make sure their family gets everything else. Meanwhile, they don't get their own needs. And so, and <laughs> often running, running can feel like a need that you need to have. And so you can be like, okay, well, I got my run. And so then we forget there's like yes. all these other pieces we have to prioritize along with that run. It's like not just the run. It's about all the other pieces to it. Yes. That rings a bell because yeah, yeah it's like that the run is my need and then right. everything else just suffers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You're like, okay, I can get by with like crappy shoes and you know, kind of half-hearted nutrition because I got my run and I can't ask for more. Right. Like, Really, yeah. if you want to do well in your run, you right. have to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you want to be performing at high levels and like actually yeah. racing these ultras, you have exactly. to have what your body is requiring yes. of you. So, um, do, so if you're kind of deficient in an area, like, does that vary between, moms who are running versus if you're pregnant or if you're mm -hmm. breastfeeding, um, yes. cause you mentioned our different needs, like how does that play into yeah. it? So there's common, uh, nutrient deficiencies within, um, pregnancy, within breastfeeding and within running. And some of them like correlate. I'll tell you a few that just kind of stand out and I have some things I've written down, so I don't forget them, but within pregnancy, iron uh, and iron really for women is across the board through all seasons of life because we have a cycle every single month. Um, zinc, B vitamins, D, iodine, vitamin A, vitamin C, and omegas, those are all, those all tend to be deficiencies within pregnancy that sometimes mm -hmm. the prenatal will fill. Not always. It depends on your prenatal, but that, you know, that's why women are encouraged to take a prenatal. But then within um, breastfeeding, calcium is drastically lowered. E mm -hmm. again, zinc again, and then magnesium became, becomes a huge need, which magnesium is the number one deficiency in the entire world. It oh. Just, it, it, yeah, it's, it is probably 88% of people in existence are magnesium deficient. Um, and it regulates so many things in your body, like over 400 different bio, um, like chemical reactions within your body. So mm -hmm. things from your heart to your muscles to your digestion, all those things magnesium controls. And within breastfeeding, it is drastically lowered as well as potassium and your B vitamins. But then with endurance athletes, some of the same things, magnesium is another huge one. Um, vitamin E and selenium, those are two that are, that we definitely need more of. Zinc, potassium, uh, calcium again, and then B vitamins and iron. So a lot of those are the same. So you think of mm -hmm. the mom who is grown a human, she's now breastfeeding while she's training. Yeah. And the drasticness of that zap of nutrients that then if you aren't getting enough in your diet. And the thing is with nutrient deficiencies, it's not like you just drop, you know, fall over dead. You might not see that play <laughs> out until you're like in your 50s. And now you start having, you know, osteoporosis or you just have 
you know, chronic pain or injuries that come on suddenly for people where they're like, oh my goodness, I blew my knee out. But like, did you just blow your knee out? Or is that, has that been like a chronic thing going on that now it's just gotten to that point? Or now you have a thyroid condition or now like your hormones are very out of balance where all of those things play into that, where we sometimes just see the condition. We don't see everything that led up to that condition. Um, and so nutrition plays a big part of that. Uh-huh. So is there, um, cause the way that you had said that was that if we're nu- nutrient deficient right now, are mm-hmm. there signs like currently mm-hmm. that we can tell that we're deficient <laughs> in some of these areas, or is it just going to play out over the long run? Both. Um, yeah, that was a good question. <laughs> Both. So for like, okay, things like magnesium deficiency would definitely be cramping muscles, sore muscles. Like if you are always sore after you run and that's just like a normal thing, like I am sore, um, you cramp easily, either your stomach cramps when you run or anything else. Um, also just like if your heart rate takes a long time to come down and you feel like you've like, you feel like, okay, I am, you know, I've built up to this distance of speed, whatever it is, like, I should be able to, like, settle back into a, re- a resting heart rate, but you just feel like your mm-hmm. heart rate is elevated. That's a good sign of, like, magnesium and also B vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, so, and potassium shows up in cramping as well. And then there's some that you can see within your cycle. So if your cycle is very off, that can sometimes be an indication of things like B vitamins or iron as well. Um, having like very dramatic PMS symptoms can mm-hmm. be that can show up as well. So they're more they're more symptomatic, like instead of like chronic. But they're also they're often things that we think are normal. So like we think it's normal to like push really hard and feel really sore, but it's it really shouldn't be if you're getting all of the nutrients that you need. Like a moderate amount of soreness is mm-hmm. is fine, but it's not. It shouldn't be like a wow, I am sore. It should be like, wow, like I'm just a little bit tight. I can tell like there's some fatigue, but it shouldn't be like this soreness to the touch. Once mm-hmm. you are building up to, you know, whatever mileage you are at. Um, so some of those things that we just think of as being like, this is normal actually don't have to be normal. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. And so if you, um, it's, it's good to know the warning signs. I really appreciate that. But, um, also like if you, how, how do you, um, it, like, do you get tested for some of this stuff? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you think, oh, maybe I am having like some of these symptoms mm-hmm. resonate with me. Can you then go like, do you test your blood? Right, this might be a stupid yeah. question. But. No, it's, it's not a stupid okay. question. Okay. So you could, um, so lots of times within running minerals or something that you're low in and minerals, you can't test blood because minerals reside in things like hair and bone. So a hair mineral analysis would be the best indication, the easiest indication of what you're missing. But usually with those things, they, you can just take them and see if you feel better. Um, What you take, it becomes Mm -hmm. important. Like it needs to be something that is food based. It needs to be organic, non-GMO, you want to make sure that it's complete. So some nutrients come in a set, like vitamin E comes in a set of eight. So if your vitamin E doesn't have eight components in it, then it's not complete. So it, that can become like very specific, but especially within minerals, 
once you take them, you feel better. So once you take, like when you're running, like if you are dehydrated or you need sodium, once you take something with sodium, you feel better, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty like instantaneous. So things like magnesium, potassium, sodium, your minerals, even calcium, you can feel, you can feel that change um, pretty quickly. And then other things you can be tested for in your blood would be things like B vitamins, D. Those are common things that are run. So you could ask your doctor to do that. But what I have people I'm working with do is to take something that like covers their nutritional basis. Like it, it would be kind of like a multivitamin, but a little more specific depending on what season of life you are in. Mm-hmm. And then from there, see if like whatever symptom was going on was diminished by that. Because most people, unless, unless they are going through something really chronic and then that's apparent and they're already going to see a physician about it and their doctor's already doing blood work. Most mm-hmm. people are just at like this low level deficiency where it's not like they don't have scurvy, you know, like scurvy mm-hmm. is like, like that's a severe form of vitamin C deficiency. Most of us just have like a low level where we're just mm-hmm. not functioning optimally. And so to taking something that really covers your nutritional basis, I think is the best thing mm-hmm. unless you're dealing with something that is chronic. And then I would go and I would, I would get a hair mineral analysis and I would get lab work done, um, Otherwise, I wouldn't do that right off the bat. So okay. I know you said that, um, I mean, it depends on what stage of life you're in, if you're um, breastfeeding or if you're pregnant. But what would be like a generic thing? Like if people just wanted to try one supplement, what would you mm-hmm. recommend? Um, so there's a company called Neolife. This is what I take and this is what I work with all my clients with. It is the most reputable company that I know out there. So it's N-E-O-L-I-F-E. And they make one supplement that's called ProVitality. And it's actually four things together, but it really does cover your nutrition. So it's a multivitamin and then it has a mineral um, complex. So it's going to give you an extra boost of minerals. Then it has something that's called uh, Trayanin, which those are plant sterols and lipids. And what they do is they create a healthy cellular membrane. So if our health, if our, if our health, if our cells are not healthy, good can't come in, bad can't go out. So a lot has to do with like the integrity of the cell lining. So they create that. And Mm -hmm. then they have something called carotenoids, which those would be what's in your fruits and your vegetables, like the very dense nutrition within those. And then they have a salmon oil, which is the most pure salmon oil out there. So that's supplying your omega-3 primarily is the one that we need more of, but also your other omegas. Um, So that's what I would say, like, if, like whether you're in pregnancy or breastfeeding or running, that that would be my number one recommendation mm-hmm. of what somebody should take to cover those bases. And then from there, you can kind of become a little more specific about what you add. I take a lot more because there's a few conditions I've that I've dealt with throughout the years that I know I need more of specific things. And then I also know as I increase my mileage, like I know I do need more vitamin E. I know I need more selenium. So I take more of those things. But a starting place would be it's so it's called pro vitality is where I would start. That's a great a great starting point. And so if you're taking a lot of supplements, can you take too much? You can if it is synthetic. Um, then definitely yes. And actually, you don't want to be say, taking synthetic. So like 
calcium could be derived from limestone or calcium could be derived from plants that we eat, broccoli. Um, hmm. So obviously we aren't made to chew on limestone, but a lot of supplements come out of that. And they call them natural because mm-hmm. it is still a natural occurring, you know, thingy within nature. Like limestone isn't man-made, um, but it's not, we're not meant to consume it. So those supplements would become very toxic if you took too much. Mm-hmm. Um, supplements that are food derived, so completely derived from food that we should eat, those you should be fine to take to take more. Um, there's also water soluble and fat soluble vitamins. So water soluble are flushed out immediately. That would be like vitamin C is one of those. And then there's fat soluble like vitamin D, which is stored within our within our fat. Um, so they can become toxic at high levels, but if you're taking a food source, that's typically not an issue. So that's why it becomes important, like where you get them like that, Mm -hmm. like there should be some research done within that. Like, it's not just like, Oh, well, let me go buy, you know, you know, whatever pharmacy and pick up a supplement because there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more that goes into it. For sure. I was going to, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, you go. I was going to ask you about probiotics and what your mm-hmm. thoughts were on that, because I know we hadn't talked about um, supplements, but I've just been hearing so much about probiotics mm-hmm. and that we should be taking them. I would say you totally should. So across the board with all of this, okay, like within, between eating nutrient foods, supplementing, all those things, if you can't absorb it properly, properly within your gut, it doesn't really matter what you're doing because your body is not being able to break it down and utilize it. And a lot of that has to do with what bacteria is going on in our digestive system. Um, We have more bacteria in our body than we do cells. So like we're really like we're ruled by them. And so if they're out of balance, it causes a lot of other imbalances. So a probiotic is it's very important. Like maybe back in the day when people only drank raw milk, never took an antibiotic, like, didn't have any other like kind of chemical stresses within their life that were destroying bacteria, probably they were fine. But in our day and age, it's definitely Mm -hmm. something that you need to be taking for sure. Yeah. All the time. Yes. Okay. All the time. And even, and even your kiddos, like my kids get probiotics. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too. Probiotics for kids. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Um, you can just open up the capsule and just dump the powder in like a bite of something. Or I just like my kids, they, they think it's sugar. I don't know why it doesn't taste sweet. I don't know. My son, my son is it convinced that like he's sugar. getting, yeah, it's like a, like a, like a pixie stick because like I open the capsule and like dump it in his mouth. So he mm-hmm. thinks it's candy. He really is like, Oh, can I get my sugar pill? Which makes it sound like I'm an awful mom. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's acidophilus. It's a probiotic. Um, but you could just dump it right in their mouth too, depending okay. on whether your kids think it's fun or not. But really, it's helpful. And if you have a child who deals with any type of food intolerances or digestive issues, um, that would be like your first line of defense is making sure that they have good gut health and probiotics would be important in that. So, and I know this is a running for moms, but are there supplements that you give your kids other than a probiotic? Yeah, so they actually take a children's version of ProVitality, and then they also take um, vitamin C every single day. That's okay. kind of their, yeah, their daily thing. And right now with everything going on health-wise, they get extra 
of all of that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. This is so cool. This is really interesting and is getting my mind racing about <laughs> all kinds of things. It's good to have uh, something to do to kind of like improve. I don't know. I mean, as moms, we want to be healthy. We want our kids to be healthy. So mm-hmm. this is just kind of a good, just like you were totally. saying, defense mechanism for yeah. having our kids out in the world. And <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask, um, so there's supplements that are good to take, but also, I mean, just food and totally. eating the right yes. foods. And as a mom being busy, yes. like how do you combat the mom food? You know, the, yeah. um, how do you, what do you do, um, to not eat the goldfish or do you even have that kind of stuff in your house? I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. your kids are just total health nuts, which would be cool, but you know, yeah. just share some totally. of that if you can. Yeah. So I would say it's, it should always be food first. Like you should never rely on just putting whatever in your body and then be like, well, I take a supplement. Like right. that's not going to do it. Like it should always be food first. Um, mm-hmm. So like if you're going to spend your money, let's first like make sure you're buying like, you know, really good produce and you're, you know, you're really focusing on nutrient dense foods. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we actually, we don't have goldfish in the house, but we do have other snacks. Um, <laughs> but, but not, not a whole lot. So like when we're out and about or we like, like, we're at a birthday party or they go to, you know, like a daycare or they're at school and their friends have a birthday party at the school. You know, they, then they have like all these goodies or if we get candy from grandma parents for different holidays and birthdays. So we mm. have all these goodies, but like mm-hmm. for what I purchased to bring into our house, we don't have that many. We have, we have some things like pirate booty. Like my kids mm-hmm. go nuts over that stuff. They think it's the best thing in the world. Um, I would consider it a small step up from goldfish, but not that large of a step. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but so like we definitely do. Um, but so well, how I try to think about eating, I don't know. Let's see. Let me, I'm trying to think like where I want to start with this. So I primarily am plant-based. Um, and that's just through my own years of just discovering like how I function best and how I mm-hmm. feel best. Mm-hmm. And so it's nothing that is like strict or rigid. Um, it's just that I feel better that way. That being said, the week before my cycle, I always feel like I need some meat and that's a normal thing. And so that's like, that's when I, if I'm going to have a burger or something, that's when I would do it. Cool. But most of the food we eat is it's a lot of vegetables and it's a lot of grains and it's a lot of beans. And my kids have grown up eating that way but how I do my food is that a lot of my food is like de- like it can be deconstructed for kids so I like mm-hmm. to do big what you would call like rice bowls or buddha bowls or that type of thing especially mm-hmm. after a run um so it's gonna have rice and it's gonna have beans and it's gonna have veggies but for my kids I can like separate that out and they can have you know ranch to dip their veggies in and they can have ketchup to dip you know whatever it, like I have make these little veggie nuggets they can get mm-hmm. those in. So it is kid friendly, but I'm not going to eat it like that. Like I'm going to mix it all together mm-hmm. and put avocado and salsa on top and eat it like that. So we have a lot of meals like that where I don't like, they're the same components, but they look different for my kids. Totally. Um, 
And then for snacks, like they, my kids, they, they get to have snack. Like if they're hungry, they get to eat, you know, like I know some parents try to like really regulate snacks, but like for me, um, I, I dealt with eating disorders. So I see the backlash to like making kids like hyper aware of that and like, Oh no, you shouldn't eat that. So hmm. they get to have snacks, but after they've had one, what I would consider like kind of like junk food snack, then they have to choose a fruit or a vegetable and hmm. like they know that. And so usually they don't, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm not hungry. But occasionally they're like, Oh yeah, I'll have carrots and hummus. That's great. And then I'm like, okay, like you legit are hungry. So let's mm-hmm. get you as much of that as you want. Um, so I kind of like we regulate it that way, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. And so how do you have any tips for how to plan out for this kind of stuff? Like, do you plan your meals? Um, because I know you're getting in a lot of mileage these days mm-hmm. and training hard. Do you also, are you uh, like a major food planner in yeah. addition to your running planning? <laughs> I am, but not like specific. I, I, I have got it back and forth. I used to do like every meal planned out and then mm-hmm. life just doesn't happen as you plan it. And then it's like, yeah. I planned for all these meals and I bought these ingredients and now like, uh, and then like, that's like causes stress because you're not being able to implement your plan, you know? And so what I do now is like, my goal is that by lunch. So usually lunch is my meal after I've gone for my run, but sometime in the morning I have run. So that's my, my next meal that that is my easiest meal because I'm coming off a run. I'm tired. Kids are cranky. They need either naps or some downtime. I'm also fatigued. So like, let's make it simple. So the night before, whatever I made for dinner always is turned into lunch the next day. So I'm always Mm -hmm. making enough of whatever that is to either kind of create a new meal, like, okay, we're going to have an egg scramble, but all the leftovers from dinner are going into it, or we're just going to repeat the same meal. So my mm-hmm. goal is always to cook once and eat twice. Mm-hmm. And then usually Love by dinner, yeah, I've had, I've had some, you know, some time to like recover. I've had a little downtime while kids had like either quiet time or naps that, you know, like my head's on straight and I can like think about what I'm going to make for dinner, but trying to come home from a run already hungry kids are cranky and trying to like make a conscious wise decision surrounding food is typically like, it's not a good mind frame to do that. So that's mm-hmm. just the meal that it's just pulling out what we had from the night before and either creating something, you know, a little bit different with it or just having the same thing. So that's mm-hmm. my style of meal planning. Um, sometimes I also do what would be called buffet style where you make like a, a few key components that are large. So like you have a big batch of rice that you cook up at the beginning of the week, or you have like a bunch of shredded chicken that you have on hand, or you have beans that you cook up or like those staple items, or you roast a ton of veggies. So then you can kind of pull from those to create. And so sometimes I do that as well, Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't as much just plan out specific meals because it just, it made me feel frustrated. I get that. that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Life life just doesn't go, it doesn't go as you plan. It just doesn't. Especially not in this motherhood with young kids and it's, it's hard. It's really hard to do. I always, I look at other people that do it and I'm like, yes, that's so cool. I'm inspired. And, um, I'm going to go to the store, get what I need, make every single meal. And it just, your energy changes so much, especially when you're running so much. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's totally different for the mom who is not out doing that. Um, and they maybe did their 30 minute workout, which is great. Like go any mom who's getting a workout in, but their ability to have time to like prepare a meal is very different than I just ran 15 miles. And I also have a baby to nurse and Mm -hmm. I have a kid who is screaming at me and Mm -hmm. I need to get adequate fuel in my body and their bodies and get everybody like chilled out for a little bit. It's just totally different. My heart rate is pounding just thinking about that because I've been there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So um, my family eats pretty healthy. I mean, my daughter loves – I make yum-yum sauce from, like, hibachi (gasps) grill. Yes, so so good. Yes, my daughter loves that, and she dips her carrots in it, but she basically just, like, sucks it off, and then she'll, like, take a little bite of carrots. (laughs) That's my kids with hummus. Like hummus is actually like, it's not a dip. It's like a food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and we got yeah. um, dessert hummus and my daughter oh. just loves that too. I, I saw that actually this week in the store. I was like, do I try it? It's what delicious. is that? It's I don't like know. It's, it's like chocolate. Caramel, right? Yeah. yeah. So like Nutella? Is, no, it's well, hummus. So it's still made out of chickpeas. It's just sweet oh, and chocolatey, it's correct? chocolate. Yeah. Yep. So we <laughs> put it on like... um like, um, what do we have it? Graham crackers or she'll oh, dip yeah. an, a- an apple in it. Mm. And it's really good. I should maybe get that. Yeah. It's and she, think, she thinks it's sweet. It's like her dessert, but yeah, it's, it's healthier for her. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's nice that we ha- like, and my husband likes having salads for every meal and all that kind of stuff. But if there weren't, like if your family members kind of weren't on that same page and you're trying to get them. What are some tips that you could give some families that mm-hmm. can, can help with that transition? Because that'd be yeah. hard. It, mm-hmm. it is. It can be really hard. Like, if you didn't grow up doing that, it's like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say however your kids will eat veggies is is a go. So, like, if you feel like, oh, my goodness, well, they need to be eating just steamed veggies with, you know, plain or a little sprinkle of sea salt. Like, maybe don't start there. Like maybe make it fun. Maybe let them be like, you know, nuggets that you buy that are made out of veggies. They get a dip in ketchup or all the carrots they want with all the ranch they want. Like whatever gets kids eating veggies or any teenagers, like whatever gets them eating veggies, do it. And whatever vegetable they'll eat. If it's corn, if they're like, nope, I'll, I eat corn because there's kids who are like, nope, I'm not, that's green. I don't touch it. Right. Great. Then like, that's what we're doing. And then, you start having the other food there. It's, you know, they see it, they see that you're eating new things, but they don't necessarily have to eat it. But then what I found is that when you get kids involved in cooking it or preparing it or talking about it, that they become more interested in trying it. So like we're going to roast our broccoli tonight. So you can be the one to like push the garlic through the little garlic press. And you can be the one to sprinkle some Parmesan cheese over it at the end. Like then they're like, Oh, like, I would like to try some of that. So it's baby steps um, and, and being willing to do like what your kids will, will have them do what they'll do, but also exposing them to more so that like, even if they're not going to eat a salad, like my kids won't, eat, they would never eat a salad, but if they're not going to eat, you know, a ton of veggies, but you can still do that and they can have some and they can see that you're doing that, that exposes them to that. And it becomes a normal thing to be like, oh, I always see lots of veggies on mom's plates. Mm -hmm. What I see is that people, 
they want their kids to change. Meanwhile, they are still eating their same way. And Hmm. like, that's, that's never going to work. So you have to be the willing, the willing one to like change up your eating first, um, which can be hard because it can be a lonely road as a mom. If you're trying to like change your husband and your kids and everybody to like, keep doing that and keep making to keep making meals that people will turn their nose up at too can be discouraging for a mom very hard like like break your heart like why do i why do i even try (laughs) you work so hard then (laughs) they're like no way yes but it's exposure so you have to remember in all those moments it's exposure even if it's not love like some of those foods i didn't fall in love with when i was a kid like I would throw my salad on the floor all the time. Like I didn't like get, get mm-hmm. I don't want this. Yeah. Um, but it's exposure. Like it becomes a normal part of the routine to see that on the table, to see that on their plate, even if they don't eat it. Um, yeah. but it's frustrating too. So I totally yeah. understand that. Yeah. yeah. I was very picky as a child. My kids are not picky, which is really nice. That's nice. I had but like, probably, Peter... keep going. They're probably, oh, they're probably exposed by you. to the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and actually, my two-year-old eats salads. She loves yeah. them. That's yeah, amazing. My Bellin likes salads too. Um, yeah. She's See? almost. But awesome. Dash won't touch it. But it's like <laughs> yeah. Dash, he like from when he was really little, I would try to um, make smoothies, you know, with healthy mm-hmm. stuff in them, but like that also taste good because yeah. that's kind of a. Um, a mom thing. I see a lot of moms <laughs> doing that. He would never, ever even try. I mean, yeah. just, and like, he's the kind of kid that if you give him one black bean, one single black bean, he will throw up his whole dinner. <laughs> and, and literally. He's a gagger. Like, yeah, he is. And so it's like, he won't eat a smoothie, but he loves Brussels sprouts. So it's like, so Brussels sprouts it is. Exactly. I know you just, it's just weird how they have their things and hopefully they grow out of them. Yeah. Well, my daughter, she loves beets. Like she thinks beets are amazing. She will just plow through them. Like she will eat an entire meal of beets and then she has to go check the mirror to see how pink her tongue is. Like she thinks they're so good, but yeah, I try to feed her like, Um, what, what did we do the other day? Oh, so snap peas, just like they're just sauteed, Mm. but somehow it's like the right amount of like sliminess. I don't even know. Like she just gags, like she can't even get one down. And so I'm like, you're, so I act like she's, you know, faking it or like part of me is like, is she faking it? And so I'm like, you're fine. Take a drink of water and swallow. And finally I realized like, no, she's not. She just can't like literally can't get it down. Like Hmm. fine, go spit it Mm -hmm. out. But it was one of those moments where I was like, why do I even try? Like tried to make a nice stir fry. But she will, yeah, she'd plow through as many beets as I would make her. She would eat them, um, and they're a hassle to make. I'm like, mm-hmm. why, don't, why don't you like it easier food? But, <laughs> right. yeah, it's so weird. Kids are weird, yeah. That's so funny. It is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Gosh. So then um, what are some of your healthy snacks that your kids eat or that you eat that are nutritious? That I eat. Um, so a big thing, and we didn't totally touch on this, but I always have, so right after I run, my goal is always to get something in me that is packed with nutrition. So I, you, and I've tried lots of different shakes and like, cause my goal, my goal is like, I need to consume it fast so that I get what I need in my body and then I can be like sane and move on. <clears throat> and so my kids will drink this too, but I use a combination of Shakeology, which you've probably heard of. It's, um, it's put out by Beachbody, but it's has like 
oh, I'm going to get it wrong. It has tons of superfoods in it and, and some protein, but I mix it with a, another uh, performance protein that has all 22 amino acids, which most don't. So mm. that's like, I consume that right after my run, but my kids will have that too for like a breakfast or a snack. Mm. So we always have mm-hmm. that in the house and kind of everybody has it. Um, and then I do protein bars, which my kids do um, instead of like a granola bar or things like that. Um, and they love, they love veggies that are cut up with hummus, they cliff bars. Like we go through a lot of like Z cliff bars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. not like the best thing in the world, but my kids, that's like a go-to easy thing, mm-hmm. um, that everybody eats string cheese, everybody eats apples, you know, like fruit on the, yeah. like, we try to always have fruit, like grapes yeah. and strawberries cut up and all that because kids, I don't know. Mm-hmm. My kids love fruit. They could go through fruit, like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge fruit eater, but I try to keep it always for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So can we go back real quick to the, the post run? Um, so like what, what, uh, shake do you, or, um, so you said, wait, gosh, what did you just say? Shakeology. 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 And then, but you also have another protein powder. Yeah. Yeah. Protein powder. So yeah. Shakeology only has 20 or only has 18 amino acids mm-hmm. and you really, you need to have 22 actually. So there's a, there's a performance protein that I add, like I only use a half serving, but I add that to it just so I'm getting mm-hmm. all 22 amino acids. And I feel like for me, it like tides me over better. I don't know. It's just like, I can tell I feel better afterwards. Um, so I have that always like before I run, I always shake that up and I take it with me or if I'm running from home, I have it at home. So if I run anywhere past like eight miles, I drink that um, right afterwards. And that's, I mean, that's just always no matter what, because I know that I'm getting everything that I need for my body. And that was like, that was what I was talking about where there's like that lag time where often you finish Mm -hmm. your run and now it's going to be like an hour and a half till lunch. But really within 30 minutes after you run, you need to be consuming something that, that is nutrient dense. That isn't just like simple protein and simple carbs. It needs to have a little bit more to that. So things to look at would be, um, and there's, there's tons of shakes out there, but plant-based ones often have more greens and fiber and a few more carbohydrates in them than like a whey protein, which that's going to be geared more to like your bodybuilder or your person who's doing like a 30 minute hit workout where we mm-hmm. need a little bit more subs, you know, substance. So you mm-hmm. can look at like plant-based proteins. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many options, but finding something that works for you, I think is really important. Um, the one that I use also has probiotics in it. So oh. I, mm. I appreciate that. Um, and then my kids get it, you know, too, then there's extra boost of probiotics. And I feel like it just is a little more digestible too. Like protein powders can be like, I don't know. They can, they can kind of turn your stomach. Yeah. They're, they're not always easy on digestion. Um, so finding, finding what works for you. That's like, this is my go-to thing that I always have after I run that guarantees me that I feel okay. And like around 150 to 200 calories is plenty, but you just want to get something in you right away. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing what that is? That other supplement? Yeah. Um, so it is actually the same company that I get supplements from Neolife. It's just called performance protein, but it's put out by them. And it's the only 
protein I have ever come across that has 22 amino acids. And I have looked so that the second highest would be like Shakeology or Vega. They both have 18 mm. amino mm-hmm. acids. Um, but I don't know of any others out there that have that. And it also has a glycemic um, control. So it just helps your blood sugar from like really swinging up and down, which is super helpful after you've worked out to kind of regulate that because you've been running, you've like taken in a ton of goos or other sugary things. So to balance you out, that can be super helpful as well. So, and, and I don't know if you guys can put links or whatever in podcasts, but I can like, we can, I can send those to you. Yeah. That yeah, would be great. great. Yeah. yeah. People want to click and on good resource. Yeah. And then, and you said that that's a plant protein. So that one actually, so Shakeology is, is mostly plant. It actually has a little bit of whey in it, but the performance okay. protein is not. It is, it is whey. Um, oh, okay. But, I, but for most, so for most people, like if they weren't going to go probably like the Shakeology route, because it, it is still mostly plant, um, I would, as opposed to going just for, like towards a whey protein, I would go towards like a hemp protein if you don't have like a combination of both. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. More complete. My yeah. My youngest daughter has a dairy protein allergy, and so we can't. Oh, okay. We don't have whey, but oh, yeah. yep, that one has whey. Oh, yeah, shoot. that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there are like yeah, probably hemp. I don't know if you've tried a hemp protein, but that I usually haven't. is very high in amino acids. It doesn't have quite all of them, but it has a lot, and it's usually a great option. Yeah. And so the amino acids that's mostly for like the muscle recovery. Is uh, that it is, but it's actually everything. And, and so just all the nutrients. Yeah. Amino acids actually create your hormones um, or create your create enzymes and the enzymes facilitate hormones. So it kind of is like a cascading effect in your body that if you don't have them all, it can it kind of can throw a lot of things off. Mm-hmm. But for muscle recovery, too, we think of amino acids. Yeah. But amino mm-hmm. amino acids are just they're just protein. It's just another okay. word for it. Yeah. Do, okay. do you have a protein shake or something similar with amino acids in it if you're on days you're not working out? That's just like part of your daily intake or yeah. do you just eat food? I don't because it just feels, I don't know. I don't like, it's like, I feel like Pavlov's dog. Like it feels weird to drink it if I haven't run, you know, like yeah. I've, there's been days where I've like, I've made up a shake because I thought I was going to run and then I did it. And then I'm like, I'm like, kind of hungry, but it feels weird to drink that because I didn't run. So I'm like, oh, I'll just get, you know, something else. Yeah. Um, so you could, a lot of people do. My husband, he has, he has a shake every day, no matter what, just because he likes it for a snack. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really like enjoy it. Like I would rather chew my food. So mine mm-hmm. is like, it's purposeful. Like I'm just doing it because my body needs nutrition. <laughs> Otherwise give me something to chew on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like wasting but, calories, although it's exactly. Calories. Yeah, I'd rather not. It. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. feel like I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that go. I know there's big um or around here it's Herbalife. Oh I think. yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of different good. shops around here, and people just go there for like meal replacements. Yeah. A lot. And I can't, I can't drink it. Yes, it does. Like, give me my meal. Please don't replace my meal. Yeah. I like chewing. Yes. Yeah. And we should, like, we're designed to chew. Honestly, I think, and there's, there's truth to this, that people who don't, who will like only drink shakes, actually their teeth get soft. So bone gets hard without impact. Um, so like, that's why when you run, 
like it actually helps your bone strength or people with older people when they do weightlifting, it improves their bone density. People who like only do liquids because of maybe a health condition, their teeth actually start to get soft because they haven't chewed. Yikes. Oh, I mean, that's like in a Mm -hmm. chronic state, but just like we're supposed to chew. Yeah. Right. We're supposed to chew. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I know. The body. Yeah. Yeah, um, fascinating. One real quick random. Well, it's not random, but it's a question. Um, yeah. Is there any supplemental cure for mom brain? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, there is actually. You what? need what you do. Yes, you need more omega threes. You do. Oh. It seriously, it will, it will give you so much clarity. What it will also <laughs> do, and this is amazing. It also helps with like terrible twos. And like any type of emotional imbalance in kids, um, it, it reduces inflammation in the brain. And part of mom brain is the fact that you just grow a human and you, and to create their brain, your body has to use omega threes. And unless you're eating like a serving or two of fish every day, there's no way you are getting enough omega threes. So that seriously, that is, that is magic. In fact, my, when I started my daughter on omega threes, well, it's a, it's a salmon oil supplement, but omega threes are like really what's kind of doing the magic because we don't get enough of those in our diet. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been, she, her mood was just, it was just crap. Or I was like, seriously, like what, why, like, why, why do you have to be so, you know, 13, but you're not 13. Like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had been at that point just kind of like diving into research on omega-3s for whatever reason. I don't know. I kind of like just reading about that kind of stuff. And I was like, she needs more omega-3s. So I gave her a salmon oil. And I kid you not, within 30 minutes, she started dancing around the house saying, I'm the happiest girl in the world. Like not, no joke where I was like, this, this is unreal. This is unreal. And her mood, her mood just totally shifted where I really just think her body like very much needed that at that time, especially during Mm -hmm. growth spurts, like where their brain Mm -hmm. is developing, they need more of that. And if they don't have it, it, it looks like mood unbalanced and, you know, it looks like they're crazy or you can feel like as a mom, like you're a crazy person, but your body's just like, um, I need some help here. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Long answer, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's thrilling to me. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki looked so in awe. Like you were just like looking up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, wow. Mind blown over here. <laughs> so you have to tell me. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you what I take, but you'll have to yeah. tell me if you, if you notice, because I really a hundred percent believe that you would notice it within, you know, a couple weeks. Like, oh, wow. I'm a new person. So, oh my gosh. Well, I want to be I a wanna... new person. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for a clear brain. Yeah. Well, I just want my daughter to stop too sometimes. Cause I'm like, yes. I don't understand how I didn't realize that it helped with kids. That would be great. It, tot- it totally does. So our brain is totally dependent on omegas and we, in our culture, we don't, we don't eat that way. I mean, other cultures do, um, but we don't. And so we have so many inflammatory uh, omega-6, mm-hmm. and there's not that right balance, and that causes brain inflammation. And then you think of a brain that's trying to develop without the right, you know, <laughs> ingredients, really, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that that can cause a lot of what looks like emotional issues, but really it's nutritional. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really <laughs> neat. Thank you so much for sharing all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Literally yeah. mind blown. That should be the well, title of the podcast where you're like, you can cure mom brain and, and <laughs> terrible and shoes. Run yeah. And run fast. <laughs> and run fast and Yes. Sorry, I am in the middle of terrible twos. So they're rough. They are. They are rough. rough. I know. And then we're there's no reasoning. Oh yeah. (sighs) Anyway, I don't potty train till three. That's just my thing, honestly. Because you know, at three, all I do is I say, "You're three. You're not allowed to use a diaper," and they don't. I don't know. That's that's worked. That worked with number one, and we're gearing up for number two. And so far, we're right on track. Where he like knows, like, okay, when I turn three, I just don't get to wear a diaper, like. Yeah. I just decided I'm not fight. This is time to fight. I'm not gonna fight. Yeah. <laughs> she she wants to be like mommy, and oh. so I'm like, okay, so I'll I'll you know we'll start doing this and yes, but, yeah, yeah. No, well, I read a book that um, scared the crap out of me, um, and it literally had crap in the title. But um, it, I they say like twenty to thirty months is prime for potty training mm-hmm. and that scared me because I was reading this when my son was already like 34 months or whatever and she said that like the author said you are um in for a very dramatic time you've waited too long all this stuff no. I felt terrible yeah and then literally he was three we like waited to potty train him for like a month because uh Chase was training really hard for um an 100 miler. Like I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my brain yeah. around it. It was summer, that's like our busiest most runningest time yes. and and it just was too hard. And so then he was 3 and he potty trained so easy. Like just Yep. Oh no, hardly any problems at all. And so I was like, okay. Same here. It's not going to be life or death if no. if you have to wait longer than you know that time frame Ex- but exactly whatever exactly. works for that family is yeah. good yes yes totally anyway great. um kind of one well I have um two last kind of questions on all this nutrition things mm-hmm. um one is just how how do you stay hydrated as a mom who's pregnant or breastfeeding and running a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. How do you do mm-hmm. it? How do you remember to do it? And do you have any tips and tricks for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always start out with 16 ounces of water every single morning. Like as soon as I wake up, that's just the norm. Uh, it's actually a great way to like get your metabolism going, get your digestive juices flowing, especially when you think about the fact that like you want to poop before you run, like we're just going to go there. So like, mm-hmm. You know, like yep. you really Real life. You need, you need to get that out before you go for your run. So if you really want to get things moving in the morning right away and make that happen, there's actually like a magic poop hour where actually you have the most, you literally, you have the most, um, bowel, like movement mm-hmm. stimulation happening naturally in your mm-hmm. intestines. And it's between six thirty and seven thirty, like per our circadian rhythm. So if you have yeah. already gotten like either liquid in before that or around that time, like that's a natural thing to have happen. So Mm. 16 ounces when I wake up and then before every meal, I have eight ounces. Like before I eat my, my goal is to do water first. And the reason, and this actually helps people who are either like they deal with overeating or they're just like, maybe you're, maybe you're running and you're trying to like actually lose weight at the same time or you're just trying to make wise food choices that water actually brings like a feeling of satiety to you and calmness. Mm -hmm. So like you think about your stomach and it's like hanging out empty, 
And when you add like eight ounces of weight, because it's weight to it, it brings a sense of calmness where you can actually like make rational choices about what you're eating. You can feel more calm and present within your meal instead of feeling this need to just like scarf your Stop. food so that you feel yeah. fullness. Because sometimes yeah. once you feel that, that like that little bit of fullness, and you're like, oh, I'm okay. But before that, you feel like you're not. So mm-hmm. right there, you figure I've already gotten like 32 or more ounces. Um, and then, and then I'm just trying to drink all day, um, more in the first part of the day, but not so like eight, 16 ounces before like first thing in the morning. And then like a little bit before I run, not tons, but then like really post run to like probably four o'clock, I'm trying to just kind of consistently drink because then I don't want to be up all night peeing either. Um, and I used to track it and I don't track it anymore because I just, I kind of know how I feel. I don't have time. Um, Right. 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 How many things can you track in your life? Like seriously. Oh my gosh. It's Mm -hmm. true. You can make yourself crazy. Yeah. 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 For sure. Mm -hmm. Um. So, do you use electrolytes when you're running? Do you have a mix? Um. I occasionally use noon, but what I actually do is I take on my so like anything probably past I don't know 18 miles. Um. I have I take a magnesium and a mineral and a digestive. And sometimes I, sometimes it depends on how I'm feeling. I also have one that is, a, it has some liver in it. So it's a little bit of iron, um, hmm. which actually can give you a little bit of boost in the middle of a run. But I actually take those in the middle of my run. Um, I feel better when I just drink water for the most part. Sometimes, I don't know if you've done this, where like you just put noon in a bottle and like, you just like, oh my goodness, I just want water. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've done runs oh, like yeah. that where I'm like, for I sure. just really want water. Like I'm so tired of noon. Um, so that's what I bring and I take it. And so it totally reduces any type of stomach cramping that you're going to, that you could potentially have muscle cramps and it kind of just like covers those bases. And for me, it's really easy. Just like swallow a couple things real quick. Yeah. And yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's neat. what I do. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I usually have, because of that kind of craving of water, I usually, if I'm in like a long race or something and I have my hydration pack, I have one soft bottle that's just water and one that has like Carbo Pro and noon in it, like a little bit of yes. calories and a little bit of electrolyte, although exactly. probably not anywhere near enough, but you know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's really not a whole lot in there. Um, I've also been known, like sometimes I've, I've done runs like long runs where I'm like doing the same loop. And so I like, I can stop off by my car mm-hmm. and I yeah. always keep sea salt in my car. So if I'm feeling like when it's hot, mm-hmm. I just like put salt in my hand and toss it back. Um, That's just like a salt tab. Yeah, yeah. totally. So like if yep. you do that, if it doesn't taste salty to you, you need more salt. So like <laughs> you can actually do that to the level where you're like, oh, I taste salt. So you'll realize mm. like, oh my goodness, like I just ate that and it wasn't like, oh, salty. And your body needs more salt. So you can do it wow. again. Interesting. That, yeah. And I didn't actually, realize that. Yeah. That if you're just taking a too. salt tab, you don't have you that don't kind of feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Try it after run. Cause you'll be like, salt doesn't taste like salt. And that means like, yo, you need more salt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like basically having a salt lick in your car. Yes. Yeah. I know. My kids do it though. We sit down in a restaurant and they take the salt shakers and shake it in their hand and start like tossing it back. And people, so I've had, I've literally had other people like feel like I don't see what my children are doing and be like, ah, uh, ma'am, your kids are eating the salt. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I, I know. That's fine. We love salt in our family. Right. 
what do you have in your what do you have for like sea salt is it just a container that you yeah it's just it's just like a uh like a a salt salt. shaker it's not a shaker like it has like a tab on it yeah interesting yeah all right okay (laughs) that's so i mean totally it totally works like for me yeah envisioning Mm -hmm. like a little salt shaker like in my car you, I mean, you loop. could do that. It's like, <laughs> it's like a camping. So, like, when you go camping, like, I have, like, extra, yeah. like, little camping ones. So, yeah, that's what it that's what it is. Oh so, I goodness. guess in your path, like, if probably if I was going farther, I would maybe even, like, carry it. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't figured out what I'm going to bring for, you know, all that yeah. for the 50-miler. But, yeah, yeah. You'll figure it out real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's cool. And um, so just kind of – I'm curious, how how did you get into all of this nutrition, coaching, and I mean, you're so knowledgeable, and I, I love hearing all of these tips and tricks, and so practical. How did you get into it? Um, through having to. So I, and I, we've talked about this a little bit, Nikki, but I dealt with an awful eating disorder um, mm-hmm. in college is where really where it started, um, but it lasted for about 10 years. Um it started out as anorexia and then turned into bulimia. And I ended up in an inpatient treatment um, facility in Arizona for 40, 45 days. I don't totally remember, uh, which was the best thing that could have ever happened. Okay. And, and I would have, I would have died. Honestly, I would have died had I not gone there. I truly believe um, like it was wow. to that point, mm-hmm. but what I, what I gained there was perspective of like, okay, this is not how I want to live, but I never learned how to like totally fuel my body for health. And the thing about an eating disorder is that you have so deprived your body of nutrition and your brain of nutrition that it becomes almost impossible to change because you, you mentally can't like make these changes happen because mentally you don't have the nutrients to function properly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like working with a broken brain to try to make drastic life changes. And so it becomes like very difficult and a lot of the, I don't know. And this, this was, you know, what now 10, 12 years ago, but, um, for way longer than that. Well, when I went through treatment, it was like 14 years ago, but Mm -hmm. at that time it was like, you just need to be okay with eating whatever and, and you needed to put on weight. And so they would give you lots of like boost shakes or like when I left, I remember they told me you need to have a milkshake every single day. Great. If you're putting on weight, but those, that's not nutrition. And so Mm -hmm. you're still not giving your body what you need. And so I just became very passionate about learning about nutrition. Like, okay, I figured out how to like completely break my body, how to lose weight in the completely wrong way. Like, but what does it look like to actually nourish your body? And so that became my passion. And I had a lot of healing I had to go through. Uh, like I had really destroyed my whole adrenal system and my thyroids. And I had very broken digestive health, like very, like mm-hmm. where I was like, yeah, some told I had some pretty chronic conditions that I have healed from, but mm-hmm. it happened through me learning about nutrition and deciding, okay, I'm going to use this to, um, to kind of heal myself. And what I've learned is that when your body's getting what, what it needs, you have the ability to think correctly about food. And so when I talk with people who are maybe dealing with being very overweight, they can have excess weight, but still be very nutrient deficient. And so mm-hmm. they chronically have a need to eat 
because their body keeps saying, I need more, but they don't need more of, you know, this food. They need more of like nutrient, they need nutrition. And so once you can fix nutrition, you know, nutritional gaps, then we have the ability to like think straight about food. And that was for, that was the case for me within like an eating disorder mindset, but it's also the case for the person who has like a chronically overeating mindset, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where my passion came from. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you said like you healed a lot of those, um, conditions that were like pretty brutal. And, um, Mm -hmm. do you still, do you still face, um, any, not side effects, but well, I mean, like, do you still carry your eating disorder with you? Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to just totally, you know, yeah. So I think I remember when I was go like after treatment, like I read every eating, you know, book, every eating disorder book out there. And I remember reading Mm -hmm. these books about people saying like, basically like one day they had an eating disorder and the next day they didn't. And they were fine. And I remember being like, I don't like, I don't think that's possible. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. like, and if you're sure. an addict, like, I don't like, cause that's what it is. It's an, it's an addiction, but it's also a deficiency. It's like, it's like everything combined. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think that that's possible. And I still, I still don't think that that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. what I have, I wouldn't say I've taken it with me, but I've taken an awareness of how I interact with food and a, like a very strong awareness of that and mm-hmm. like of what a, like, kind of out of balance relationship looks like so that mm-hmm. I'm like aware of it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that like somebody, somebody else could be like, Oh, I'm going to do intermittent fasting. Great. Good for you. I should never do intermittent fasting. That would not be beneficial for mm-hmm. me. Um, so kind of having that awareness and also where there's people who can be maybe a little bit more like you would think of in the nutrition field, people could be kind of stringent about, staying away from foods that are mm-hmm. like, potentially harmful for you because they are harmful. But from an eating disorder perspective, I also see the side of people becoming so restrictive that mm-hmm. they, it's, that is not healthy either. And so like, I have to allow myself some wiggle room. So I, I, I always have brownies in the fridge, like 24 seven. And when I tell people that Love it. I'm like kind of crazy, but it's like, it's my balance to mm-hmm. life where I like I'm in homeostasis and I'm at peace with myself and my eating and I'm allowing myself like that freedom and luxury and I make them and like I know what's in them but um I just always do and I realize that when I when I don't have that I just I I don't know like I'm kind of irritable and I'm kind of annoyed and I um and I feel like almost a little more controlled about my own food which I don't Mm -hmm. need to, but it like gives, I don't know, kind of gives me this sense of like, everything's okay. And that, so I feel like you have to figure out what that is. And if you've had a broken relationship with food, it's like reestablishing those boundaries of like, okay, how do I have a correct relationship with food? And that's going to look different person to person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all need that little bit of sweetness sometimes. At least I do. I need to have just like a bite of sweetness after my Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not like a whole brownie. It's like I just need to chop off a little piece and yeah. 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 I just made um, Reese's peanut butter cups like homemade last night. And they're like, they're like little tiny ones, but I'm like, I'll just have, you know, one after supper. They're in my freezer. They're so good. 
Yeah, you mm. gotta keep that stuff in your fridge. It's almost better in your fridge or your freezer, but it also yeah. is a little bit more difficult to eat. So yeah. Oh, yeah. They're good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. That is, thank you for sharing your journey yeah. on that. that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, so how, I, do you have anything, I know every person and every disorder is really different and, mm-hmm. but like, what would you, is there anything you would say to somebody that's struggling like with this same kind of thing, like to mm-hmm. get on the other side of it? Like, yeah. Before they have, they need to, or, or, I mean, I guess they always need to, but like before right. you're forced to, because your body's yeah. feeling. So I think, I think, think there's like a, I don't know. I told myself this, like we can think that like, Oh, I I'm still managing this. Like Mm -hmm. it's not managing me. I'm still managing it. And I would say to that, like, no, like you're, you're not, um, it feels that way. Um, because you feel like you're still making conscious decisions about it, but chances are if you're dealing with like restrictive eating or binging and purging or even overeating, like it is managing you because you are making your daily life decisions, where you go, what you buy surrounding Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is managing you. And so taking being willing to like take that first step to say like this, okay, this has control of me. I don't have control of it. And, and talking to somebody about that, whether you're just going to go to therapy, whether you're going to go to inpatient, whether you're going to start working with a dietitian, um, and then being being choosy about who you go to as well, because like for me, if I I feel like if I had learned off the bat the power of nutrition, that I would have had a slightly easier road of recovery. Um, but I just didn't have that. Like the dietitian I was going to, I had like a a check mark, uh, you know, like on my food sheet that I was supposed to fill out. That was like, I had my, my, um, milkshake for the day. So I'd like drive through Sonic and like get a milkshake. And, Mm. and that, like, that wasn't beneficial, like weight to gain. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, like I could have been having something far more nutritious, but then also learning for me, there's power in understanding. So like, if you're struggling with food, learning about the power of food and how that can heal, I think it's super, like, I think that's an amazing route to go. And that's what Mm -hmm. helped me. And so we have to like rebuild this trust with food. And if you're going to trust food, you have to understand food. You have to understand what it's doing for you. And that often is like, that's broken with somebody who has an eating disorder. They don't trust food. They don't trust themselves with food. They don't trust food like across the board. So the more you can learn to appreciate, the more you can like rebuild that trust. Mm-hmm. So then as a health coach, do you share all of, I mean, I'm assuming you share all of this information with the people that you are mm-hmm. a coach to? Yeah. I usually like upfront tell them like, that's my history. This is how I got into it. And what I find is so many people that I share that with, they have never had what they would call an eating disorder, but they have dealt with eating disorder tendencies or mm-hmm. had an occasional mm-hmm. like where they've tried to throw up their food after they ate too much, or they were trying to run extra, extra miles without fueling because they thought they were going to lose weight. Um, they were, you know, becoming very restrictive on that end that people always have that. And they, the inside, and so then they feel, they feel like a safety to be like, yeah, this is what's, this is what I've done. And also want to realize like, that's, that's very normal, but also, then it becomes more about like rebuilding that healthy relationship, not mm-hmm. just 
not just reaching these goals. Like, yes, yes, you are 15 pounds overweight and you want to lose weight because you want to be able to run a little bit faster and, you know, you have all these goals. Great. But like, how do you build a healthy relationship with food in the middle of that instead of destroying that in order to gain the other things? which then is not going to last. Don't last. Yeah. 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 And so as a nutrition coach, are you with them for a long time? Like, like a running Mm -hmm. coach, is it for the long haul or you just build? Yeah. Most people it is most people like, uh, and there's occasional, like for whatever reason, but with anything where it's like, that wasn't the right fit for them. But most people I've worked with for months to years, Mm -hmm. um, as they've gone through, you know, different things or they're like, take a little season off because they're feeling pretty stable. And then they feel like, Oh, you know what? Like life has changed or now I'm pregnant or whatever. So like, yeah. um, let's meet again. So yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, we've been together for a long time. So we ask our guests two questions at the end of mm-hmm. every episode. And the first one is what is your favorite race that you've ever ran? Oh, Oh, this is such a fun question. Okay. My favorite <laughs> race is Jupiter peak. It is in the park city area. I don't know if they still do it actually, but park it was my city. first. Yes. It's a, so mm. do you know where Jupiter, so Jupiter peak is like, it's like this like knobby looking hill mountain, like outside of park city. It's a 30 K and it was where I was like, okay, I want to be on trails forever. Um, mm-hmm. It was like my epiphany. And you, it's just, it's beautiful. You climb the whole way up, but then the last part is just a scramble. Like there's, it's, it's literally like straight up. So people are just like scrambling up this little oh knob of a hill. And then there's a pole at the top that like everybody takes pictures on. So like I like swung out to the side, like I was a flag. And so like, we have a fun <laughs> picture of that. Um, and then you just fly back down and I don't know, it just is such, it's such a fun race and it's not, it's still, you know, you're still going 18 miles. Like it still feels like you're getting a lot of miles in. I know there's some races that go like right up and right back down in like, you know, three or six miles. And then Mm -hmm. like, that's too short. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to be out here longer, but it's just a beautiful course. And the trail going down is kind of like, it's like the perfect grade where like you feel like you're flying, but it's not Mm -hmm. so steep that you're like smashing your knees and having to like put on the brakes a little bit, or you feel out of control. It's just the right amount. And Mm -hmm. It's yeah. When I look back at races, like that's my, that's been my favorite. It just, it was so, it was so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Yeah. I love that feeling yeah. that you're describing, like the downhill mm-hmm. descent. Uh, yes. Not, not like you're slamming into trees so that you can turn or, you know. Right. Like there's, there's not so many playing. switchbacks that you're like constantly mm-hmm. like having. Yeah. It's just the ride it out. It's the ride it out where you're just cruising. Love it. Love it. My first 50 miler was in Park City. Oh, and that's right. it was in September and like all the aspens were yellow and uh, yes. I had to stop. I had to stop at one point. Um, there was a moose, a huge bull moose that was um, really interested in the aid station that I was coming up to. And so everybody <laughs> just let the moose just kind of wander um, until yeah. it passed. And then we were able to continue the race. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Oh, my that's goodness. Crazy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is super Beautiful. fun. fun. It's kind of like always fun and scary to run into wildlife too. You're like, I want to see you, but I don't. Right. You can keep your distance from me. Yeah. I had a a coyote cross right in front of me yesterday. Like literally like, wow. Like it was probably 10 feet in front of me and crossed in front of me where I was like, hold, hold up. Like (laughs) that was too close. And so then I was thinking I would have been doing some, um, some pickups. And I was like, if I had started my pickup at the other time, like we would have like, collided I I had a little bit of like a heart attack where I was like that was that was almost too close yeah right 
Yeah. Oh my been God. Too close for me too. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So last question, um, mm-hmm. which since you are an expert in this area and we've just been spending all this time talking about this, um, what is your favorite go-to easy, healthy meal? Oh, um, either avocado toast because Mm -hmm. I love anything avocado bread and egg related. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and, and my, my kids, they don't, they don't like fried eggs, but they get scrambled eggs. Um, that, or it would probably just have to be like a rice bowl where it's just rice and beans. And then whatever I put on top. I don't know. I, I love those. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can never get enough of them. And sometimes when I'm running like long runs, I'm, I start dreaming about rice and I know that sounds really weird, but I'm like, I cannot wait till I can eat rice again. Like when I'm done rice. Um, so I don't know. It's something. I'm like, where's my burger? I want my pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I I am planning my meal in my head. Oh yeah. I'm running. But it's about the sauce. Like you said, you make the yum yum sauce. It's always about the sauce. Like, yeah. mm, It's, it has to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this thank you so fun. much, Audrey, for sharing all this. Yeah. Just thanks again and, and have, yeah. have a great day and I'm excited, you know, keep kicking butt out on the trail. <laughs> I will. You guys keep kicking back, butt with this, it's pretty awesome. You're doing it. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye. I really enjoyed talking to Audrey. She's very knowledgeable on, I mean, just learning about the different supplements that we're deficient in and um, ways to kind of spot it and that it's okay to have a little bit of sweetness in your life. I liked that she's not, I mean, it's hard when you're trying to listen to someone who is strict constantly. Like she has Mm -hmm. a little bit of wiggle room and she knows it's okay if your kids go to birthday parties and eat cake and... Mm -hmm. I I just really enjoyed listening to her tips and tricks and things that will maybe get rid of mom brain or mm, yeah the terrible twos or <laughs> just right and just yeah. ha- let us all feel our best and yeah. maybe perform to our best things that aren't necessarily chronic but life could be better like that's yeah. basically what we're learning through this podcast is that yeah. things can be better life can be better with yeah. little, little, um, things like this. So, well, and, yeah. And, and yeah, moms are worth it. Like we're worth taking care of. We don't need to just eat the scraps. Like we had a brat the other day and I was busy cutting it up for both of the kids and I just got the skin of the brat and that's what I <laughs> ate for supper. Like, I <laughs> yeah. I'm starving. No, like I know you need to take care of yourself and still eat. Mm-hmm. And you're worth it. Mm -hmm. And it's not as difficult as it can be in your head. Yes. Um, Because she shares a lot of practical tips that like, oh, okay, well, I could literally take a multivitamin that might help me a lot in this area. Or I can drink a glass of water before a meal and help myself stay better hydrated because I don't think I am ever hydrated properly, honestly, as a mom and as a runner. No. No. So that's really great. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So if you out there liked this um, content, you can 
subscribe to this podcast and rate and review us. And you can also subscribe to our Treeline Journal newsletter, which goes out once a week and we'll have information on our episodes and when they come out so that you don't miss anything. And, um, if, and then we also will link to, um, things that Audrey mentioned in the podcast. So check those out in the show notes. Yeah. And if you want to email us comments or questions, you can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com and we'll try and answer those questions on a future podcast. Um, you can also leave us a voice message that we can play if you don't want to email us. Um, there, in the show notes, it will have a link that you can go and um, you just record a little voice message and it'll get sent to Nikki and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, run hard. Mom, Mom hard. You know what we didn't talk about was caffeine. You know how I like to ramble. Cut it off there, Cut it off. I can't. I can't stop my mouth. I'm going to kill it. Onward. <laughs> when are you going to be done? <laughs> right.